How we doing, everyone? Welcome back to the first regular season episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast. I'm Antonio. I'm joined by the regular suspects, Will and Jeff. And boys, the Phillies are undefeated. Uh, how we doing? Welcome, That's a question. Welcome to the regular how season. How we doing? Welcome hey, I'm to sitting the pretty. Season. We're sitting pretty right now. No losses at the top of the division. Off a sweep, freak out the brooms, sweeping up the Atlanta Braves, and scarily, like, thank God it happened finally. The first three game series ever against the Phillies that Freddie Freeman records zero hits. That I saw that, and that was the most wild statistic ever. I, I think what we should really be seeing here is how well. Not only the starters did, because we'll get into that. They, they were incredible against the Braves. But how well this bullpen oh, around oh, the bullpen. the second worst bullpen in MLB history to only allowing one run through the first four games of this season. Yeah, the bullpen has looked phenomenal. Um, it's, it's, I, I saw like. Last in 2020, the Phillies won the bullpen, won one game when it came into the game and it was tied. We've already won two of those games this year. I think it just shows how well we turned around that bullpen from last year. I mean, yeah, we brought back a couple of names that you would think of, like you brought back Hector Neris, David Hale came back, stuff like that. But then you bring in, uh, we haven't seen David Hale yet. Have we haven't we? seen David Hale yet, but you have him back in the bullpen, but then you got new pieces like Kinsler came in. He looked really good last night. Yeah, if you told me Sam Coonrod was going to be a major contributor to the win last night out of the bullpen, I would have, I would have told you were lying. No. And then, I mean, you have Jose Alvarado who has looked fantastic out of the bullpen. Obviously he got into a little bit of trouble last night. Not going to lie, I was Jeff perked up when he heard of Jose Alvarado. Not going to lie, I was there last oh, night. Yeah. And when that when that ball went off of Pete Alonso's bat, I, I was praying it was going to stay in the ballpark. It did, thankfully. But uh, we, we got away with one, I think, last night. Um, we'll talk about that a little more and how the Mets were grateful enough to get Jacob DeGrom out of that game. But that, that bullpen has been, not going to lie, it's been pretty unstoppable to start off four games into the season. Yeah. So, I mean, they've just looked, I saw today that the Phillies are obviously four. No, they have a team ERA of 1.46 and 42 strikeouts to the first four games of the season. That is incredible. Especially when we talked about, we were all worried the pitching was going to be our weakness, the weakness of this team. I mean, obviously we'll take game by game with the Braves opening day, Aranola. I mean, you take out that pit, that Pablo Sandoval home run, which I'm still sad about. <laughs> take me back to 2010. Um, he didn't. Aaron Nola pitched really well against the Braves and Sands that two-run blast. And then the boys were in the ballpark on Saturday. Good lord! And we Ooh, got to the see boys were buzzing. The boys, we were definitely buzzing, and we got to see MVP slash Cy Young Zach Wheeler in full effect. Is Zach Wheeler the best two-way player in the MLB? Some people are saying that Shohei Otani is the Japanese Zach Wheeler. Uh, Certainly the case could be made so far this year. 
I, I mean that that just his performance. I was telling a couple of people I was talking to after the game that listened to the pod, and they I was telling them I was like, not gonna lie, that was the shortest game I have ever been to. Oh, it was oh, only two. It was two and it a half. It was two hours. and a half hours. Literally, and Jeff and I, Jeff, I know this was something, and Will, we all discussed it on our ride back from the stadium. We didn't really realize uh, Zach Wheeler's one hitting the Braves. No, this man was one hitting the Braves, and then you bring in the bullpen. And they were lights out. Archie yeah, Bradley looked really good. Hector came in and and finished and closed the door. But I mean, the team need Hector. Team need Hector. Hector the protector. This just shows you how much this team leaps and bounds so far. Obviously, it's just a small sample. Only, yeah, it's four, only games, four games. <laughs> four games into the season, but the Phillies seem to have gotten something going here with the bullpen. Now it's the talent just a, is apparent, is what I yeah, would say. The talent absolutely. is very apparent already. And the lack of talent was very apparent last year in just the first few games. Like you could tell that the bullpen was going to be a problem and they weren't getting any outs. And now just the stuff is nasty. That's the biggest difference, I think. Like the talent and the stuff. The stuff is just so clearly better with Sam Coonrods coming in and throwing a honey. Yeah, did you see? So last year's bullpen, the fastball average was like 92 miles an hour. It was 22nd in the league. You take all of our guys' fastball averages this year for the bullpen, it was 95, 96. All I know, it's the number one average bullpen velocity in the MLB, which is what you need. Like you don't have to say that again. You don't have to have great stuff just as long as you can blow it past someone. And having the number one average fastball velocity in the MLB out of your bullpen is great. And obviously, Jose Alvarado helps a lot when he's just coming in, rolling out of bed, throwing gas at 101, 102. Right, yeah. Did you know, did you know, Jose Alvarado, when he threw 100 miles an hour on opening day, it was the first Phillies pitcher to throw 100 in like three years. I'm not surprised. Well, you got to think. Yeah, last, that, that lines up with what my odds have been saying. You got to think the last person that probably did it was Sir Anthony, and Sir Anthony's had health issues the past couple of seasons. So he was probably, yeah, it makes sense that it's been three years. So obviously the pitching has been, and we haven't talked about uh, Cy Young, Zach Eflin. Eflin looked he, great. He looked great too, but he made that one one mistake, I think, to Darno. Obviously, we all saw it. He just left the left the pitch up in the zone and, and Darno demolished the baseball. But besides that, yeah, all three opening starters that we saw in the Braves series looked really, really good. It looked like a solid uh front end of the rotation. Obviously, Matt Moore looked looked really good well, the first two innings. Yeah, we'll get into Matt Moore later. Um but one of the things that the offense didn't look that great in the first no. series. No, I mean, we I, won all three games, yeah. but I think we won all three games on the back of our, our pitching, which is wild to say. Right. Yeah. I think we saw that um, with the brave series. I think we saw a little bit of the offense after DeGrom got out of the game. Obviously nobody was touching DeGrom last night. He was looking like Cy Young DeGrom, like we expect every time. Once that bullpen came in, the offense started to get going. Obviously, they got a little bit of help with uh, the throw home that James McCann couldn't catch behind the plate. But that's why you pay the BCIB. 
Absolutely. And I think the, the Phillies offense stepped it up a little bit last night. I'm intrigued to see what they do tonight and what they do Wednesday against these Mets. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, is the offense's like lack of production through the first four games? Is it, it's the first four games of the season and they'll pick it up eventually. Or do you think we might be seeing the product of MLB dejuicing the baseballs? I'm, See, I'm not going to go because it yeah. seems like they're trying to go away from power. Anyway, the Phillies as a whole, they're trying to rely less on power. Anyway, you're seeing them still get timely hits, which is important. Like at Alec in the, obviously the walk-off and Alec Bohm multiple times already. Um, he's just been doing the right things and the whole lineup kind of to kind of seems to be playing the game a little old school almost where they're just moving up runners and they're still scoring the runs they need to score. Obviously they're four and out. I'm going to go completely different from what I think you two brought up. I think the Phillies have just gotten, I don't want to say unlucky, but I think the Phillies have had a real challenge with the first four starting pitchers that they've had to face. Ian Anderson's pretty good. Charlie Morton, we've seen good with the Rays. Having to face Cy Young, Jacob deGrom. I, I think they've been able to get to these bullpens of both the Braves and the Mets, where I think is where they got most of their offense these past four games. So I think we're starting to see that these pitchers are just that good in the division so far. Obviously, when you look at the Nationals, they still have good talent. And I mean, I think... We're just going to have to wait and see if this Phillies offense, yeah, it's still only four games into the year. I think this offense will pick up, but I think right now they just got unlucky with the pitching that they had to go up against. Well, they better figure it out because they're going to be seeing those guys all season. Yeah. I I, I hope it's just the first four games, but I mean, we've just looked, it's looked good. And like you said, Jeff, it's all about, it seems to me more now it's, moving runners up, getting, putting the ball, get the ball in play and good things happen. I mean, that's what happened with Alec Boom last night. It was, let's put this ball in play and something's going to happen here. Um, did uh, any of us think it would be two runs? No, but I'll take it. Um, so moving away from the Brave series and obviously game one against the Mets last night, obviously it's always good to beat the Mets. Um, it's even better to beat the Mets that were coming off a delay and people are hyping them up to be one of the better teams in the national league. And we didn't beat DeGrom. We did not beat DeGrom. DeGrom beat us handedly, but the Mets bullpen probably stinks. Yeah. I was, I was telling my friend yesterday who I went to the game with, I told him, I said, listen, we may not be able to hit any of these starters. Obviously Syndergaard is still out, but, you look at these starters, same thing happened with the Braves series. These teams do not have great bullpens. Their starters, you probably won't hit. If you can get to their bullpen, you can light up their bullpen and still produce runs. We saw it last night. They put up five in the bottom of the eighth against Thanks to Aaron Loop. Thanks to Aaron Loop. I mean, it all started and, when he, And Trevor May, though, too. That's yep. one of the guys who's expected to be better for the Mets. Right, right. A guy but, we wanted. We did want Trevor May. I don't remember recalling. Like, I didn't ask for him. I'm pretty sure I only asked for Jose Alvarado. But, I mean, it's just like, yeah, well, like you're saying. But I, I don't know. I think tonight uh, up against Stroman, 
I think they'll I be able to hit. I don't straight. anticipate him having the same success as no. uh, Degrom. I mean, no one's going to have the same success as Degrom. And but. and I don't know if you guys saw the lineup. I'm sure you did. It's a very heavy left-handed lineup. I tonight. love that. I love attacking Jevin. I know you do too. Love attacking Stroman with lefties. Uh, Boom's hitting in that two spot. Yep. Um, I think I, that- I I would prefer him in the four. I yeah. think by the end of the season, that's where he'll be every day. But um, I, I love this. I love the approach Joe Girardi's taking. Um, Brad, I'm almost shocked we didn't see Brad Miller last night in for Reese Hoskins. I know Reese sees balls really well, and that can um, like drive a pitch count up. But I mean, Reese I, saw a ball Brad, pretty well. In the- Brad Miller has never met a fastball he didn't like. Well, this is true. And I mean- Jake DeGrom. I think through five innings last night, through 90, 96% of his pitches were forcing fastballs. Yeah, because he has he the threw, heat. He has I'll, the heat. Like two times through the lineup, yeah. he only threw a slider to uh, Gene Segura on the first pitch of his both his at-bats. I'm not surprised. And the rest of it was fastballs. I will say this, though. Reese got, Reese got solid contact his first at-bat, launching it off the fence out in center. Not gonna lie, if he didn't go for third there, does it change the scenario of the game? We don't know. But I will say this: the wind had a huge impact last night because obviously we saw it with Hazley. Obviously, the ball was moving around, but I will say this: if there was no wind last night, we would have been down three-nothing in the second inning because Francisco Lindor took Matt Moore deep, went down the line, was like three feet foul off the left field pole. So, I mean, the win was kind of in our favor last night, but that wind has just been brutal in Philadelphia the past couple of days. As two people that uh, hit the links yesterday, we can confirm the wind yes, the was wind brutal. Tough. The wind was tough yesterday. Um, but, I mean, wind or no wind, home runs, no home runs, the Phillies look good. They do. And is it a little early to – Yes definitely announced them as like a i think they're a playoff team like well this goes back to first four games have me convinced the phillies are going to be in the playoffs well this goes back to that question thing you can definitively say about them yeah right now is they look fun they guess they're finally look fun and i think the moment that like i finally realized it was fun again was in the eighth bottom of the eighth inning last night when uh, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper cross the plate and they have that little celebration where they run into each other and yeah, it, it's fun again and base, baseball in Philadelphia is fun again and I think it's going to be a really hard place for teams to come into play. I don't disagree. And this was an, oh. another thing we discussed <laughs> yeah, sitting in the stadium the on Saturday. Tried. Yeah, when the Mets fans tried to start a chant, they were just drowned out by booze and then yep. yeah, what we experienced in the stadium on Saturday... There was some, uh, some, let's say, college-age fans there that were just booing every Braves fan they saw. Yeah. Uh, there was especially three of them who have a podcast. Yeah, we that, that was um, – it's just going to be so hard for opposing teams to come in here this year and play well against the Phillies with the fans. And I only see – like they recently like – Sunday, I think, was the first day they upped it to 11,000. Yep. And now it's 10,000, 10,373 were there last night. And I mean, you could, that's hear weird it. that you remember that number. Well, 
I do. But you could you could hear all ten thousand of them booing the Let's Go Mets chants. You could hear them excited in the bottom of the eighth. It felt like being back at the bank, like it was just a typical game. So I mean, I I'm excited to see what's to come. But I think also last night, and I'm sure we'll talk on we'll touch base on this a little bit more. But I think that bottom of the eighth just goes to show how deep that lineup is, one through seven. Yeah, I, I mean that's we've been hammering that for months now. I, we all expected this. This lineup is a grind, and I think will the point you made earlier in the show about like we oh a lot of these starting pitchers are really good. We're gonna have to get the bullpens. I think the fact that our lineup is just a grind for starting pitchers will allow us to get to the bullpen earlier. Right. I mean, it didn't help that Degrom had seventy six pitches through no. seven innings last night. Why the Mets took him out, I'll never know. You leave him in. You just. They said before the game, DeGrom's pitch limit is 100. He he could have gone two more innings and not reached 100 pitches. And they would have won yeah. that game 2 nothing. But you take DeGrom out, you expose your, your poorly constructed bullpen, yep. and the Phillies take advantage. And we're 4-0. We're riding high into tonight. Predicting another Phillies win tonight. Jeff, you'll be in the stadium. and we'll I will be, be in attendance. We'll be five and zero, oh, flying high, and vibes are at an all time high in Philadelphia right now. For as long as I can remember, vibes are at their their highest. Yeah, I I, I think we look back and I mean, there's nothing to complain about this team right now. There there is absolutely nothing. Yeah, there could be a little bit more run support, sure, but like with what we've seen out of the rotation, what we've seen out of the bullpen, getting people on base. There is nothing to be upset about with this team. I'm excited to see what other 158 games that we have are going to produce for the Phils this year. One six. And I think to go back to the, the plate. True. Very to true. go back to the fans, though, um, do you think about the fact that we had to be one of the only fan bases that still managed to get into the heads of an opposing team when we weren't all out in the stadium? When yeah, the pandemic. with the Yankees last year and yeah. then complaining about the pandemic crew, you'd think now that all that time of just pent up sports aggression with especially the Phillies and a terrible, terrible, terrible bullpen. That's all coming out now, now that we're back into the stadiums. And yeah. yep, I think it's going to make it a kid. Gary, please. I booed a 13-year-old kid wearing a Ronald Acuna jersey because I was angry that he was there. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, to be fair, he was wearing the wrong colors. He was. And the, I'm just, I, I'm so excited. And, you know, there was anticipation coming into the season, but now it's, like, we're 4-0. We're sitting on top of the division. Um I think it just proves to show that money was well spent this offseason and Dave Dombrowski made some solid moves. I mean, he went out and got Alvarado and Alvarado has looked like old Alvarado and it's something to get excited about. But this team is not complete. I think there are a few. Um, I think Dave Dombrowski always makes one or two pat patented Dombrowski moves. And I think it could be in the form of a center fielder 
and another starting pitcher. I think if you get a number three quality, like a two or three quality starting pitcher and slot him in our four spot later on. Instead of Matt Moore. Well, I think you let Matt Moore and Chase Chase Anderson Anderson battle it out all season. And you monitor Spencer Howard. Yep. Then who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, you have another really good starting pitcher in that four spot and Spencer Howard even taking the five. Or you see it because Matt Moore, uh, he got kind of unlucky last night. He there did. was some some bloopers and stuff, but uh, he, he he didn't look bad. He didn't look great. For the first he, two innings, he looked really he looked, solid. And yeah, so things just went downhill. Yeah, we just need Matt Moore and Chase Anderson to be giving us five, six innings to right. start. That's like, all they need. Get us through six. Keep us in the game because we actually look to have a bullpen now that can that can give us some innings. Because you think about Kinsler and Coonrod last night, they've proved to not be the one of the four front line guys that we have. Right, Girardi's yeah. already showed his hand with the his four go to guys so far. Right. Obviously, Hector's our closer, mm-hmm. and then I think our two biggest firemen that he's used so far has been Archie Bradley and Alvarado. Yep. That's and I expected. think he kind of sees, yeah, he sees them as interchangeable based off of matchups. Obviously mm-hmm. Archie's a righty, Alvarado's a lefty. And I think that's part of why Hector wound up being the closer. One, because of his experience there, has the most experience of anyone there. And, and not two, just experience as a closer. Hector also has the experience of good or bad closing in Philadelphia. Which is a big deal. Yeah. But it's also using him in, at that closer spot allows that switching off of and like just pure matchup based for Archie and Alvarado, which is devastating. And then the the real surprise so far is the and what's good to see is the faith in Connor Brogdon and how he's rewarding that faith, too, because he's looked really good. Yeah. You know who we haven't seen? Bullpen Vinny. I think I, I uh, think the only time we will see Vinny is in cases where either Matt Moore or Chase Anderson is on the mound and they can only get through like three or four. And then you bring in Velasquez, almost similar to how they used Kinsler and Coonrod last night, go the middle innings, and then obviously they brought in Alvarado to shut the door at the end, but I, I think that's where we're only going to see bullpen Vinny. I think we're only going to see bullpen Vinny if it's almost blowout games where it's just innings to pick up. Yeah, I would agree there. I don't, I think the days of seeing Vinny come in in the latter third of a ball game is. Thank God. Thank God done. Thank God. He stinks. Yeah, but I, I, I'm cool with seeing him in that that mop up role. Yeah, yeah. Was Vince Velasquez start? Was Vince Velasquez throwing 16 strikeouts against the San Diego Braves the biggest tease in Philadelphia sports history? Might have been. I think it's got to be up there with Braves being in Atlanta and the Padres being in San Diego. 
Did I say the Atlanta Padres? No. Or the San Diego Braves. San Diego Braves. I Jesus Lord. Expansion season. The San Diego Padres. I knew that too. But I think it's Vince Velasquez against the Padres and uh the Eagles dream team. Those are like the two biggest teases in Philadelphia sports history. But you know, I mean, we can only talk so much about the season and it's we're excited. My, I, I'm just, I'm thrilled. And to be able to be back in the stadium's great. And yeah, I'm, we're ready to go. Is there any, any other guys you want to talk about from other games that you may have seen? Um, I want to shout out Sho- someone- Shohei yeah. Otani. I mean, he was incredible. Shohei is back. I remember last year people were talking about, uh, He's a special bat, but the arm looks dead. People were me. I'm people. I I was saying that. Well, I was very wrong. I apologize. Shohei looks very good. In his first start of the season, he threw 101 mile an hour. Fastest pitch in the MLB so far. Then turns around and hits 115 mile an hour home run. Up to that point was the hardest hit ball in in the season so far. And then I don't uh, Nelson, know if you saw how I think he allowed three runs, how two of his runs were allowed. Yeah, they were terrible runs. It was like off of a nasty splitter that he got a strikeout and got dropped and dropped third strike and runners advanced throwing error to run score. So that's the way to score off of Shohei. Now you just have to hope his pitches are too nasty for his catcher to handle. See, Shohei looked really good, and I was really wrong about him last year. I'll be the first to say everybody makes mistakes. I was really wrong. I also learned that the designated hitter in the American League is optional. Yeah, I that was another thing. Just because you never, you just assume it's it's a thing because no team ever elects to have their pitcher hit over one of their bats. But I guess the uh, well, no teams had a Shohei. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. That's the reason. If we could show up to another guy, though. Go ahead. Y'all hear about Akil Badu? He has looked <laughs> very solid. For, uh, Akil Badu. Solid. He's looked great for the Tigers. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, he is a young outfielder for the Tigers mm-hmm. who I don't believe before this year played above single A. If he did, he played double A, that's it. Yeah. And he was selected by the Tigers in the Rule 5 draft. Kind of wasn't expected to make the team. Just raked all of spring training. Made the team. Gets his first at-bat homers. On the first pitch he sees. The first pitch he ever sees in the MLB. It's a dong shot. So just figure that's a... Kind of a fun little story that. Then he had I a grand thought, slam yesterday. Yep. I thought he might have done that. He did. He did top of the ninth or uh, bottom of the ninth against the uh, the Twins. So there's a guy who probably beginning of the off seasons wondering if he's really going to make it in baseball, being eligible for the Rule Five draft, and now is really coming on as a Tiger. We'll see. 
Were there any teams uh, switching up from players to teams? Were there any teams that you guys saw this weekend that kind of surprised you with how the series went? For me, there are two. Well, Ooh. there are I two got, for me. I got the Royals. Okay. Whit Merrifield has looked so good. My Their lineup is sneaky good. They they have a couple good talent talent over in KC. My two were Baltimore, who completely destroyed <laughs> destroyed Boston. And yeah, then, but like Boston isn't Boston's not not great this year. But then you go out to the Oakland Houston series, and Houston swept Oakland. Yeah, that's not good for our brand. Will I know? We'll, be, we'll, bounce. we'll bounce. We'll bounce. Although the other one in that division, the Angels have been rolling. The Angels. That's very good for your brand because didn't you pick them to win the West? Where'd you pick the Astros? Uh, I think I picked, picked the, Astros. the Astros. Well, I remember MLB.com cheater. or maybe it was Fox put out that they had projected that the Angels were going to win the West. And we were all talking like, no. They've been projecting the Angels to win it for the past couple of years, and they just don't they don't have it. Justin Upton's looked really good. Uh, David Fletcher's looked good for them. Trout's looked good. Show- yeah, I was about to say, you know, they have this dude named Mike Trout. Yes, I know. But you they, can just they, assume he looks good. At this yeah. point, just assume he looks good until somebody tells you otherwise. And if they're likely lying if they tell you he doesn't yes. look good. Correct. Right. Right. They, they've looked really solid to start off the year. Were there uh, any other teams that you guys saw? Not a team, but I want to go back to one guy. Guys, Nelson Cruz is doing it again. Nelson Cruz is doing it again. He is 40 years old and just smacking the ball all over the place. He had two home runs yesterday and another home run today. There's it was just the Tigers. Sh- it's the Tigers. Yeah, but still, he went three for six yesterday with a home Two home runs, one of which was a grand slam and a double. And today he went three for six with a home run. Or three for five with Correct a home run. Correct me if I'm wrong. Smacking the ball. But the Tigers today is Casey Mize, right? Uh, was it Casey Mize? Either way. That's what uh that's what Nelson Cruz. There's a reason that guy's called Boomstick. Bro, he's smacking the ball. Now, I actually kind of wanted to uh, get into one of our segments, one I believe we've uh, debuted before. Oh. And probably a guy we've highlighted on it before. But I would like to put one in his ear hole. Uh oh. Oh. For Rob Manfred. Yep. I cannot. And. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know exactly what you're going to say. How do you suspend Castellanos for two games for flexing on someone? After, after the pitcher hit him. You can't do that. Rob Manfred's He got the up clown. and yelled. Like, what's, what's the problem there? And from all accounts, more of the, the majority of the escalation was on Yadier Molina. He was the main one who escalated the situation, but it didn't seem like I haven't heard anything about any punches being thrown or anything. No. So what's the reason for the suspension? Rob Manfred Especially doesn't just one like guy. guys with character. Rob Manfred doesn't like guys with character and heart. 
Um, that's it, just such a stupid thing to suspend Castellanos for. And he comes back two games later and hits a dong shot. Yep. Just like picks up right where he left off. He's he's been at very least this hot, time so. he yelled towards his own team. Right. Because I it's just so dumb that Rob Manfred did that and made came to that whoever came to that decision is clown of the week. Well, I think that's always I'm always gonna put it on Manfred. Yeah. I'm he's okay just he's earned it. But speaking of Manfred and uh and his dumb suspension decisions. Shout out to the fans in in Oakland, I believe it was, who threw trash cans. No, that was, that uh, was the Anaheim. Angels. Anaheim. They threw inflatable oh, that was... trash cans on the field. And then I think they threw a real trash can on the field. Yeah. Were... <laughs> I saw somebody in the crowd get hit by a trash can. I was like, that's dangerous. <laughs> then I saw that was... That one was inflatable. Then all right. of a sudden, there was someone somehow got you a imagine, real trash can. Could you imagine? You're like, ah, I'm gonna buy tickets to see the Astros so I can boo them, and then you just get hit in the head with a trash can. <laughs> you're like, well, god dang, I didn't expect that to happen. Now I saw Dusty Baker address it, and I hold nothing against Dusty. He wasn't there for it, but he said something that kind of bothered me. He said, oh, we paid for our mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. No, we you paid didn't. Time. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Not a, no, you Nick didn't. Nick Castellanos, gets, Nick Castellanos gets suspended for two games for flexing on someone, and not a single Astro gets suspended for pe- stealing an entire championship? Are you kidding me? You That's have not paid for like it. There. You, had, you had a few guys actually get punished there, and it was none None of the cheaters. It wasn't the players. It was just GM and manager. And AJ Hinch just found a new home and he's doing well in Detroit. But yeah, I still I mean, think he'd rather be in Houston. Well, obviously, Maybe but a little better. Dusty, I mean, Dusty can't say they haven't paid for it or they've paid for it because they haven't. Like, they're like, um, any, uh, any mm, booing. Now, obviously, we're not saying you should throw stuff onto the field. No. Yeah. Disclaimer, don't do that. But boo the hell out of them. Yeah, booing them is 100% warranted. They've had this coming. and uh, But if you are going to throw something on the field, maybe stop at the inflatable trash can. Yeah, don't throw <laughs> the real one. We don't need to be throwing the real one. Something that, can, that just won't hurt anyone is good. But uh, either way, no, they're going to pay for it this year. One way or another, they're going to pay for it just by every game they play in is going to be the toughest atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if they rolled through Philly? Oh, 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 I'd be all over it. I would be all over them. (laughs) Brick by brick, I'd build a castle on Jose Altuve's head. But I mean, that's that's it for like the uh, regular season op- opening series, and we kind of got to talk about some other players. Uh, Jeff, do you want to announce uh, the next major thing happening with shooting the shift? An opportunity for you listeners to get involved and get something good out of it. 
Yeah, so we're announcing a big giveaway by our podcast. And it is a partnered giveaway. We've partnered with Naturbist CBD. Go check them out. They're on on Instagram. They they post a lot of different like sports kind of stuff too. So definitely give them give them a look. And I know we mentioned we golfed and uh I kind of started to feel a little better after I, I popped some CBD. Yep. I didn't golf but, better, but I felt better. <laughs> we partner with them to give away a jersey. Now, what jersey? It's going to be a home jersey, a home Phillies jersey, but you guys are going to decide what jersey it is. We're still kind of in the spirit of March Madness. The tournament just ended, but congrats we're doing to Baylor. Congrats to Baylor. We're doing a 16 team bracket based on different players and at the end of it you it's going to be voted on twitter probably around 24 hours for each each round first round's going to start tomorrow that's tuesday might be today when you're listening to it maybe it's a day or two ago either way go check it out and get your votes in because if you just retweet the specified tweet on there you'll see it on the thread on our twitter and follow our account follow at philly fits my personal blog account and then head back over to instagram to follow naturbus you'll be entered in and once the bracket's over you're going to win a jersey well someone's going to win a jersey yeah so uh some of the names you could win on these jerseys guys like the usual suspects Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Aaron Nola, Alec Bohm. But you could also win a Jojo Romero jersey, a Mickey Moniak jersey, a bamboo, Bad, a bamboo Brad Miller jersey. You want a Jose Alvarado jersey? He can make a Cinderella run through the tournament. You never know. And that's the beauty of this giveaway is it is up to you guys, the listeners and the fans you are deciding what jersey you want to be given and win at the end of this whole thing. So I know I'll be rooting for Archie Bradley in this tournament. He's a six seed. Uh, go, Archie, go. Uh, I Jeff is rooting for Supreme Underdog Jojo Romero. But we'll see who comes Jojo. out on top. And like Jeff said, tw- uh, voting will be done over Twitter and uh, in 24-hour or maybe more increments, and then uh, we'll be announcing the winner as soon as it wraps up, and you'll be getting a free Phillies jersey off of us. So with that, match, uh, um, Archie Bradley. You think he, he will win the to, whole thing? To the final four. Will, you got a bold prediction? Alec Bohm wins it. He wins it all. Well, we said bold. Oh, bold. Uh... We said like bold a, predictions, not like oh, not like fan favorite. You're like, I'm oh, the number one seed's gonna win the whole tournament. Well, he's not the number one seed. Yeah, he is. He is a number one. He is. Yeah. Alvar- Wait, so then Alvar- somebody Alvar- else Alvar- must not be. You'll have to you'll check ha- out the bracket <laughs> to see who we're yeah, talking. Yeah, you'll about. have to check it out. It's on Twitter. But will who are you about to say? Alvarado. Alvarado wins it. Ooh. Wins it. Wow. He wins it. So my prediction's not. As bold as that, but uh, 
I'm just going to say I don't think Bryce Harper wins it. I'm not even sure he makes the finals. Yeah, I don't think he makes the final. I think everyone already has a Bryce Harper jersey. That's my whole reasoning. I think obviously he's a strong contender based on the fact that people obviously like him. He's top 10 in the whole MLB in jersey sales. But that means a lot of people already have that jersey. I bought my Bryce Harper jersey the day he was signed. We were in the same jersey order, weren't we? Yeah. So, I mean. I I think that's going to make people kind of sway towards like the people that'll be participating might sway towards those jerseys that they don't have. So that's why I could definitely see Will's Alec Bohm kind of newer or Jojo Romero. I'm sure we don't all have our Jojo Jersey yet, but yeah, that that's happening on Twitter fairly soon. Um, So go follow us at what's our Twitter shift underscore pod. I should have known that, but yeah, go follow us there and uh, we'll be doing the giveaway pretty soon to celebrate the new season Uh, fans back in the stadium. And if you win, you wear, wear the Jersey to the game, you know, and enjoy yourself. And we're, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to partner with naturopists to kind of do this thing. And, we're excited to see who wins the tournament. So I think that's all we got, unless you guys have anything last minute you want to add. Um, this was another episode of the Shoot and the Shift podcast. Like I said, first of the regular season. There will be many more to come. Uh, Jeff, enjoy the game tonight. I'll be watching from my couch, and we'll be looking for the Phillies to go 5-0. and and win another series against an NL East opponent. So we will see you next week for an ep- another episode of the Shoot and the Shift podcast. Guys, it was great hanging out. I'll see you next week. Tuttles.